Hello and welcome to Gem Girls. This is the 80s cartoon podcast where we are watching, discussing, and making, you know, a name conversation and far too specific observations that no one really needs or cares about your favorite 80s cartoons with a special focus on the best worst among them all, Gem and the Holograms. I am Orifice Jones. And I'm Hakuna Matitis. And today we are discussing Gem Season 1, Episode 9, the world hunger shindig. Um, so this episode surprisingly was not written by Chrissy Marks, but her side hoe, Mary Screenez. Is that how you pronounce Screenez. it, Michael? Yeah, Wikipedia confirmed Mary Screenez. Uh, she is also described as a comic book writer and screenwriter, and may be best known as co-creator of Omega the Unknown for Marvel Comics, uh, which is unknown, I'm sure, to you as it was to us. <laughs> Because uh, that's a real deep-cut Marvel character. You're talking to a real fan over here, and I've never heard of fucking Omega the Unknown. Anyways, go on, Justin. <laughs> yeah, thank you for, like, adding a little bit of credibility to the fact that, like, I don't know who the fuck this character is. Um, but, like, it's in the name. The name's Omega the Unknown, so obviously we're not supposed to know. <laughs> it should be, like, Omega who dat? <laughs> <laughs> Omega who dis? New phone. <laughs> Omega, I never knew her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anywho, um, that's a little bit of a tidbit for ya. So anyway, according to an anonymous contributor on IMDb, this episode follows Gem and the Holograms as they are invited to perform at a concert benefiting the victims of world hunger. That's so good of them. Wow. Yeah, Congratulations. I know. Victims of world hunger. <laughs> When the Misfits learn of the concert, they try to horn in. What the fuck does that mean? Who the fuck wrote this? Anonymous. <laughs> Get it together. Yeah, maybe I should have read this before reading it aloud <laughs> now, but wow. Anyways, keep going. Um, So Sally Brand, the woman behind the world hunger shindig, tells all them- All caps. Yep, all caps. Tells them they can perform, but can't be on the live album unless another group backs out. Obviously, they scheme to get Gem and the Holograms uh, to stop this. And Eric Raymond, who is at the head of the scheme, tries to get the holograms away from this concert. And also... No, 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 Justin, please use the description in the IMDb (laughs) write-up, which specifically says Eric Raymond schemes to keep the holograms away from the concert and to make a tidy sum of money for himself in this process. I just really love tidy sum of money. <laughs> just such a tidy sum. I know. One time my mom said, like, handsome sum in, like, real life. And I was oh, like, wow. who the hell says that? Yeah, handsome sum. <laughs> or, like, tidy sum. That's a tidy sum. That's a handsome sum. That's like... Yeah, it's, a hand- <laughs> <laughs> it's a handsome sum you got there, son. Yeah, that's too many sums in... Yeah, too many sums. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's the synopsis of this episode, according to Anonymous on IMDb, so thank you. Which also, yeah, so everyone knows, basically, IMDb has its description, and it has the whole write-up, and then, like, dash, written by Anonymous. So we felt the need to really credit to Anonymous. Even though they didn't want the credit, <laughs> clearly. Yes, exactly. We're giving it to you anyways, buddy. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, this episode is the first episode in the series not to be a part of like a multi-part episode. Right, which we obviously know off the top because there's no little girl recap. Uh, we get straight into the action. And yeah, standalone gem adventure. It's a thrilling time to be alive. Yeah, and you really realize that any of the episodes that were part of like a multi-parter could have been done in one episode. <laughs> yeah, they share the exact same features, save, I suppose, for like a thrilling cliffhanger at the end. Yeah. But there are thrilling cliffhangers throughout, maybe? Right. Thrilling? Yeah? I don't know. Yeah, there's, uh, there's there are enough commercial breaks to, like, build attention, that's for sure. Yeah, so let's kind of get into the unnecessarily minute details of this episode. <laughs> Please, that's what we're here for. Um, <laughs> so, so we open with a pretty cool helicopter. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not a helicopter aficionado, but I like this one. It was very pellet-like and red. Yeah, it was very red. Um, very expensive looking. Very expensive looking. And, like, it looked, like, futuristic, but, like, 80s futuristic. Yeah. Um, and the pilot was kind of a stud, too. So this helicopter had a lot of things going for it. Every male is a stud in this show. Yes, and also particularly in this episode, because everyone is a fucking cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, as we learn as we're going on this helicopter journey and we look at the crowd below, it's fucking Cowboy Central over here. Yeah, so essentially they are flying to a country singer's mansion Sally Brand yeah Sally Brand and um they're having a barbecue and honestly when the cowboy in the helicopter is saying something to them I fully did not understand what the fuck he was saying I heard like oh yes oh oh, barbecue Sally Brand that is what he said that is what he said (laughs) like that's pretty much all I hear whenever cowboys speak anyways it's like high inflections barbecue and I don't know, cows every once in a while. <laughs> in my pickup truck. Yeah, so um, basically he informs us, but doesn't really, because I don't understand him, that um, they're going to country star Sally Brand's house for, or I guess it's a ranch. Um, yeah, it's a ranch, it's a ranch. Yeah, for some sort of hootenanny barbecue. And there are a lot of like rich cowboys there. Um, which, like, made me wonder, like, what is the show's fascination and obsession with cowboys? (laughs) Dude, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, like, that's why I was surprised someone other than Christy Marks wrote it, because I was like, either Christy Marks is from, like, I don't know, maybe she's from Houston, or somewhere Texas adjacent or something, and she's bringing up all, like, this, like, Texas or cowboy culture she knows real well. But this is a screen as episode, however you fucking say her name. (laughs) So, um... (laughs) Either the cowboy roots of Jem just run deeper than the showrunner herself, or, um, yeah, I don't know, it's a couple ladies who were mad into cowboys. Maybe cowboys were just, like, a huge thing in the 80s? I have no idea. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but Anyways, they go yeah. to fucking Sally Brand's house, whoever the fuck Sally Brand is, and then uh, Sally Brand introduces to Ellen Sue Tanner. Who also, who the fuck is Ellen Sue Tanner? Yeah, uh, <laughs> really did not we even don't, We really never even, yeah, we also never find out. Um, all we really know is she made a bet with Sally Brand that Sally Brand couldn't make a $8 million in one week. 
Uh, we we assume this is for charity. It is for charity. Brand... It is for charity. We don't know the original reason she they made the bet though. We know Sally Brand is throwing it for charity. What if Sue Ellen Tanner was like, "Yo, bet you could bet you could make eight million bucks in one week," and Sandy Brand was like, "You know what? I'll throw a fucking fundraiser." fundraiser. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. I don't think so. Sally Brand seems like a good person. Either way. She's throwing this world hunger shindig. Uh, they're cowboys, so they call it a shindig. <laughs> at the Houston Astrodome, uh, which is a real place, I assume. I straight up couldn't even tell you. <laughs> well, because uh, there are there is a baseball team called the Houston Astros. So right, it would right, make right, sense right, right. if it is actually called the Astrodome. But who the fuck knows? I don't live in Houston, I don't, I, and I, I don't think, care. Yeah, I don't, also don't care. Uh, <laughs> but an Astrodome seems like a thing that's real, you know? It seems like a... A sports complex would be called that. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. Uh, and I just, we rarely see Gem and the Holograms, like, choose real-world sites that aren't overly generic, like the Tower of Pisa or the Eiffel Tower. Like, of course, they're going to use those. But the Houston Astrodome, I don't know, it blends a little bit of realism into it, which is sorely lacking otherwise in the show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I do want to point out that, uh, what did you say that woman's name was that I didn't bother to remember? Ellen Sue Tanner, which, like, TBH, maybe not her name, but go on. <laughs> I just want to point out that hat and that outfit are amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Purple, she looked like a real... Yeah, the purple ruffle cowgirl look I'm here for. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a real, like, classy maiden, like a real Maeve, you know? Yeah. So anyway, the Gem and the Holograms are being invited by Sally Brand to perform at the World Hunger Shindig, um, and they want to show off new talent um, and whatever. And I really like how Gem and the Holograms kind of like make their grand entrance from the helicopter. Dude, such an entrance. They like bust out of the helicopter and like already there's like fog and mist and shit like that, and they're just, like, on the stage, covered in fog, like, heads down, like, you know, getting ready to rock. Quite the entrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is the entrance to their performance. But what really kind of confused me is that Sally Brand introduces them as Gem and the Holograms again. Like, we're hearing... I didn't didn't catch that hole. (laughs) (laughs) So we're calling that from now on. Catching the hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she pulls a hologram. And, like, do Americans just say it that way? Like, I'm really I straight confused. up do not know. I, like, I really think the other day I was watching some other media, which, God forbid, I watch other thing, anything other than Gem and the Hologram. <laughs> um, but I was watching it, and I swear to God, they said the word hologram. And I really, I, I was, before we even started recording, I was trying to remember what I was watching when I caught this. Um, oh, dude, it was Community. It was Community, and Pierce said hologram, and I was like, what? Is this, <laughs> I guess this is a thing? Maybe it's an old people thing? I don't know. But it really, uh, really freaked me out. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I guess maybe we're the fools here, Michael. No, dude, no, 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 no. There's no E in that fucking word, so I don't think we're the whole fools here. I agree. Or the fools, if you will. <laughs> So at this point, I can say whatever the fuck I want. It's like, oh, I'm just, uh, it's how Americans say it. <laughs> um, so anyways, the uh, holograms walk on stage and start playing We Can Make a Difference. I will say, though, 
that after their hot entrance from the helicopter, there's also a pretty hot synth moment with Kimber. And oh, yeah, I agree. Yes, I agree. Simpler, like, Kimber is rocking, like, the synth. And there's, like, some pink smoke. But, like, we can make a difference. Like, really? That's what your song is about? Like, that Dude, message, it's lame as fuck. Lame as fuck. Steven and Pile of Crap. Uh... <laughs> It started so high and went directly, like, it, it, it buried into the ground with its overly preachy bullshit. But yeah, we also see some malnourished Africans in this one, for sure. That they all need America's help. Right. Uh, right, which is also kind of the theme of this episode in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, I have a couple issues with this. So yeah, they're like walking through, these. they're like flying over this desert with poor Africans, like walking on this like cracked soil because obviously there's a drought. And then people throwing <laughs> grain down from the plains and, like, people picking oranges in America and then, like, flying them to this desert. And then, like, somehow, like, crops are growing out of the desert. I'm like, yo, bro, that's not how droughts work. Like, these people are no, just going to be dependent on America's aid. Well, I mean, one, that's how that's basically what happens. And two, don't you know the like magical bountiful touch of the United States of America? <laughs> they are like gods on high, giving the low bloods the gift of nourishment. Oh yes, definitely, definitely. Right. I also I like the the so you can probably guess the lyricism of a song called We Can Make a Difference might not be the strongest. But I do think the line, everything agree, you know, or I don't know, everything or everyone agrees, we can get it done if we work in unison. Um, I just, you know, it was poetry in motion. I thought it was That's terrible. That's fucking trash, dude. Yeah, it's real bad. Um, and also at one point, because we're talking about world hunger and like, you know, people starving. At one point, we do see the entire globe morph into Jem's eyeball because why not and also like I've said in the past this show eyeball fascination eyeball fixation yeah I was gonna say one of my notes is more eyeballs <laughs> right this episode could have or this song could have used more eyeballs it would have gotten me through it a little bit more I could have seen um, like maybe Jem's eyeball with like a poor African's eyeball shooting like eyeball rays you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like it's like they like like the African is in Jem's eyeball, and then they go into <laughs> the African's eyeball, then Jem is in that eyeball, and then they're actually just looking at each other, and they're in space. It's an eyeballception. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The Lord of Eyeballs strikes again. <laughs> but anyway, even though Michael and I hate the song, people are obviously going wild. They go nuts. Okay. So I guess they can all make a difference. You know what I would have liked to have seen? Like maybe Gem and the Holograms doing a country song. 
I agree, um, mainly just for the fact that I would like to see, like, uh, Gem in her cowboy Elvis jumpsuit. I feel like that song would lend itself very well to that. For but sure. Yeah, we never get any uh, Jemmy country. Don't we? Do we? We do. We get some when? Jerica country, at least. Oh, we don't get Gem country, you're right. Um, yeah, what are you talking about here? Yo, Jerrica and the rest of the holograms are wearing, even the misfits are wearing country outfits. Oh, country outfits, for sure, for sure, for sure. I thought you were talking about, like, some country songs. Oh, no. We don't get any of that. Yeah, we definitely get, like, maybe too much country to the point that it's not even country anymore. I swear to God, Stormer is wearing, like, a barbarian's outfit. <laughs> She's Beastmaster Cowgirl. <laughs> But anyway, uh, before getting ahead of ourselves, um, so we were earlier introduced in this episode to a British teen idol who actually looks like 45. Um, That's true. He does look 45 and evil, by the way. Yeah, he definitely looks evil gay. But anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) I like how you're using evil gay. It's such a thing. I know it is. Um, His name is Sean Harrison, um, apparently. Anyway. He comes up to Kimber and it's like, that song was great. Who wrote it? And Kimber is like really into him, unsurprisingly, because Kimber is like a thirsty bitch. She real, dude, she's like 16, 17. I get it. Girl wants hers. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, she's like, yeah, I wrote it. And like British guy is like, hmm, like still macking on her, even though he's 45 and she's like 12. Um, And... Then basically, Jem like wants to switch with Jerica, doing the old switcheroo. Um, yeah, the old switcheroo. Which also, though, um, this switcheroo I thought accentuated the fact that they both wear basically the exact same sash type situation. And uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying it's a giveaway, but wouldn't people kind of see that like you're both like jacking each other's sashes? I mean, they can't even tell that they have the same face, Michael. Like <laughs> That's true. No one sees Jerrica. No, she's invisible. She really is. Oh, that poor thing. Um, but yeah, so Jem basically comes up with the excuse that she's coming down with a cold and wants to go to bed. She does a switcheroo with Jerrica. And there's some other cowboy named CB Dodd. Dodds? Yeah, who has a lot of money in oil, by the way. <laughs> they, this show also loves its oil money. And, of course, they want to invest in a record company. Um, Which, so we we learn about this little plot point. I don't remember it being resolved, but we can get to the end. But before we skip ahead, I also just gotta point out, Rio rolls up when (laughs) Jerrica does at some point, wearing, like, honestly, I kind of like his Texan cowboy gear, but, like, that ascot is the gayest thing in the world. Uh, Rio has never looked more like a homosexual. Everyone is wearing an ascot in this episode. That's true, but Rio just looks super gay because of it. Yeah, power top or power bottom. Oh, that's power bottom. You can admit it's Rio. Yeah, of course. Um, so anyway, um, once we learn about CB Dodd and his oil money that he wants to invest, not donate, but in a, invest. He wants to invest specifically in a record company. This is a very good time for everyone involved. <laughs> Um, the Misfits come rolling through, and I must say, their convertible is amazing. Oh, dude, yeah, the fucking, like, the bullhorns on the dashboard? So dope. Yeah, the <laughs> rockin' roadster could never. Oh, yeah, 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 What's the Misfits car? The Misfit Mobile? It has to be better than that. 
Oh, wow. Okay. The Mischief uh, Mobile, maybe? Mischief Mobile or like Mayhem Mobile might be a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, double, just double M's for sure. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, Eric Raymond is driving in the car with them um, in the passenger seat. Pizzazz is driving like a maniac. And I must say, Eric Raymond is wearing a hot cowboy look, obviously, because it's this episode. Um, right. And we learn that he is apparently the promoter of this event, which it, is surprising, yeah, we, given surprising, his reputation. A, right, and it is a charity event. We all, we will learn a little bit more about that later as to why he was a little bit more involved. But uh, Pizzazz questions him on this. like, yo, you're doing this, like, for free or whatever? He's like, oh, and also, like, the context and all that kind of jazz. So there's, he's maintaining his smarmy nature. Yeah, um, he's like, this is a great networking opportunity, basically. Exactly, exactly. And so the Misfits, they're rolling up, and I just got to point out, like, shout out to Ronks, Roxy's, like, multicolor swamp color pants. It's atrocious. Uh, <laughs> I just found it visually uh, assaulting. But anyways, um, they roll up, they want to be in the live album, or, like, the show, and they're like, okay, you can be in the show. But you can't get in the album unless someone else backs out. So obviously everyone's like, oh, ding, ding, time for a scheme. We need one band to like mysteriously drop out. We're the best at trying to foil the success of a rival band. Right, exactly. And so, yeah, um, Sally Brand offers uh, the Misfits and Eric the same guest house to stay in and Eric is like, fuck this shit. I really don't want to stay with them. But he has to because he has no choice. And he's a little bitch, which I always love. Of course. And then um, Sally Brand turns to, or the, sorry, the holograms turn to Sally Brand and are like, yo, do you know who Eric Raymond is? Like, he's kind of like (laughs) a fucking criminal. Exactly. He tried to kill us on multiple occasions. (laughs) But they don't say that. They're just like, he's trouble. Like, how vague is that? Like, spit facts, you know? Like, he is a grifting criminal. He's a murderous psycho, you know, right, anyway. Right, right. But anyways, but uh, Sally Brand, she knows, she's up on Eric's game. She knows he's a weasel. Uh, uh, that's great. I love when she said that. Me too, me too. It was like real, like, you know, country lady, savvy country lady. I love it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and she's just like, yeah, I got my eye on him. Uh, don't worry about it. I got this. Um... And anyway, apparently, so we also learned that Pizzazz already knows Sean something or other. Harrison. Sean Harrison, <laughs> which is almost two first names, but not quite. Right? Like Sean. Harrison. Yeah. Harris. Harrison. Yeah. I mean, Harrison Ford. Oh, true. It is a first name. Damn it. We've uh, been duped again. Exactly. And so apparently she knows Sean Harrison and starts hitting on him immediately once she sees him. Um, and apparently they know each other from a club in London. So I guess he has kind of like a seedy past. Um, anyway, so back at the guest house, Bizaz is pissed off that they're playing the concert for free and that they won't be on the album. And Eric is like, trust me, you'll be on the album. Um, which like, obviously, like you said, Michael, Eric is up to no good. Right, he's got a scheme brewing, and I really just love how he yells to the misfits, like, now go to bed, and it's just, like, such strong daddy vibes, like, Daddy Eric really kind of shone right there. Strong daddy uh, vibes, but, but he gets none of the power or the benefit. Right, right, because they're immediately just like, hey, later, bitch, we're all gonna go to our rooms to go sleep, you're on the couch, motherfucker, uh, which he protests, 
But of course, uh, being a little bitch, they're like, no, 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 you're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> Fortunately, though, uh, Eric's goon, sometimes lover, slash confidant, Zipper is here. And he uh, looks totally is, different. Looks totally different. Still sporting the wide eyes of murder. Because, like, the first, like, like shot you see of him, his eyes are far too large to be a, a normal sane human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, they already have a scheme to kill someone at the Astrodome. So they're good to go. And Eric's basically like, yeah, you have to get rid of Gem the Holograms. Uh, Zipper, obviously, is down. And that's where, you know, we've hit a point of tension because God knows what could happen. Oh, my God. We go to commercial. Which I want to point out. This is, I think, the first time we see this new commercial transition, and it's basically like synergy appears, and she like emanates with like a glow of power, then like shoots through the air in a stream of light, and it goes on to like the gem logo and becomes like the eye. I just really loved it. Uh, you know, you rarely get to see synergy show she's got the power, and uh, I appreciated that. Yeah, the show really doesn't have enough synergy. That's my one major complaint, among many others. <laughs> Among many others, yes. (laughs) So anyways, we come back from commercial, and here's where Jerrica and Kimber come out of the house looking very Western, and I'm very into it. I'm into it, but, like, Jerrica has too many colors on. It's, like, she's almost power clashing, but it's, like, one power, uh, one color too many where it's, it's just clashing. She also has these, like, two button tassel things right over her nips. (laughs) I did not notice that. Yeah, it's pretty great, actually. It's quite uh, titillating. Okay, and like Miss Sally Brand also looks good. She's wearing like cowgirl businesswoman outfit. Okay, uh, yes, and I love here how both of them are like, Sally, you look totally different because before she was wearing a cowgirl's outfit and now she's wearing a business outfit, but I'm like, she looks the fucking same. Like, are you Yeah, it's me? like it's still the exact same person. I think the top was the same, just like the bottoms were different. Yeah, and basically she's like, we're cracking business duds, which I yeah, like. Yeah, me too. Like, I gotta get some, some bitches in line. I gotta look the part. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's off to a meeting in Houston, and basically she tells Gem and the Holograms, or Jerrica and Kimber, that um, they can have fun on the ranch while she's gone. They can go horseback riding, swimming, but they must stay away from gullies and ravines because... There, it's flash. It's motherfucking flash flood season. It's flash and, flood um, season. It might rain. They might get. It might rain. I might. wonder how it's going to be important in the near future. <laughs> God only knows. We'll find out. Uh, so then we get this little scene between Jerrica and Rio, and I love the like just different levels of enthusiasm because Jerrica rolls in like, "Hi, Rio. I love you. It's isn't it a wonderful time to be alive and like together?" And Rio's just like, "I suppose." Where's Jem? <laughs> <laughs> and Jericho's just like, can we, like, spend some time together? And we're just like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll call you at, like, 10 p.m. or, like, the latest possible time tonight. Like, see ya later. Right. Like, because he, right? <laughs> I could not this believe is, this it. This must be crushing to Jerrica. Yeah, I mean, like, she hasn't gotten any quality time in with her boyfriend as herself in God knows how long. And Rio is just, like over it i guess and like, yeah it's... i just love how the first thing he says to her is like oh it's a beautiful day i suppose where's jen <laughs> oh whoa dude yeah that was mad shitty um Ugh. and so like rio's off to work at the astrodome doing god knows what because i'm still the, not I, even sure i he still does. have no idea he like 
has a brief appearance from like a payphone later on, and I, I like I asked myself like, Rio, what have you been doing this entire time? You know, it's kind of a godsend because like I was really getting annoyed by Rio the past few episodes, so at least this episode. I can't hate on him too much because he hasn't been around very much. Although he's been the worst when he was around. Yeah, like as we just described, <laughs> that uh, that brief encounter is the most we get out of Rio. And like, whew, was it cutting? Uh, anyway, so as Jerrica's relationship is falling apart, um, Kimber is talking to a bird, all Snow White-like, uh, to which Sean Harrison, creepy British man-child, comes on to her. <laughs> And he basically, like, gets her to go on this trail ride, um, like, this horse ride thingamajig, and Pizzazz hears, and she's, like, motherfucking pissed. Uh, so they're on this horse ride, we're seeing scenes of nature, and, like, a bunch of fucking people, I, I don't know, on horseback, and stuff happens. Um, and, also, um, Zipper is spying on them from afar, as well. Right. Zipper on a horse with a leather jacket, so it's, like, literally the epitome of evil. Um... <laughs> Particularly accentuated with the creepy binoculars. Right. Uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's watching them creepily as all this frolicking and shit, and uh, basically cuts like they're having a picnic. Um, we see a British dude, Sean Harrison, he's got a little bit of a body on, because they were like, they were just swimming, so he's in his short shorts. Uh, Shayna is wearing a pretty cool swimsuit thing with this like V-neck black thingamajig going on yeah it's like a halter yeah exactly but also like a swimming suit um and they're all you know having a good time and at one point i don't know someone gets a call on a cell phone which you look at that cell phone and it's, it's a behemoth <laughs> has a little wire that comes out of it <laughs> and uh the men that they're with uh sean harrison and uh the the oil tycoon dude maybe i don't even know what his name is yeah mm, cb Dodd. generic cowboy <laughs> cb Dodd and or generic cowboy <laughs> Uh, you know, the boys gotta go do some business or something, so they, they jet on out of there. Uh, and they leave, leaving the, um, the frail women all defenseless. Yes. And that's when, uh, Zipper comes in with his, his boy. He has, he has a male accomplice, correct? Yeah, he has a male accomplice who is unnamed. Unnamed male accomplice. And they come in, like, do they have guns? One of them, okay, so the one has a gun. Um, and then Zipper has, like, some big stick that he's brandishing. Okay, okay. Because I, I just remember, like, watching this scene, and I was thinking, like, yo, if this happened to me, I would be fucking terrified. Yes. If I was, like, a young woman and two unknown male assailants came with a gun in a rocky, unfamiliar terrain, and, like, they were threatening to kill me, I would, I'd be shitting my pants. Right. Yeah, it was terrifying. And, like, Zipper's like, keep quiet, not a peep out of you. Yeah! Uh, but, you know, Jem and the Halls, or the Holes, sorry, uh, <laughs> they're taking it in real stride. Uh, they're going in this, like, cavernous ravine type situation. Which they were not supposed to do. Which they weren't supposed to do, but fortunately, in this circumstance, it ends up in their favor. Because suddenly, storm clouds come in. And, uh, we know, of course, we then learn synergy makes this, like, flood illusion. So, this rain is coming, there's all the storm, this, like, gushing thing of water comes at them. And, of course, Zipper, an unnamed male accomplice, bolt it. Little do they know, this is all but an illusion. Which you think they would know, because they wouldn't be able to feel the rain? 
Um, yeah. But again, these are uh, points of logic we will not bring up any further because why bother? Yeah. So, of course, Jem is like, thanks, Synergy. And they hitch a ride back to the mansion on some wagon of hay, which is convenient for them, I guess. Right. But, like, you know, they're in Texas. So, like, that happens, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty old-timey, I must say, though. Like, honestly, I haven't been a f- on a farm at all, really, in my life. But, like, that was a huge wagon of hay. I, It was beyond comprehension. Oh, yeah. No one's pulling wagons anymore. Um, <laughs> if you got a hay... If you got hay, you got a hay... Not a haymaker, is what they call them. But, like, you have... <laughs> You have mechanized, me- mechanized methods of hay baling and hail storage and hail transport. No one's got a horse and buggy unless, like, they're being, like, you know, you're on a tour of some sort. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, in the meantime, Sean is with the Misfits for some reason. And I guess that they told um, him that Kimber wanted to meet him. Um, and they said that they would that Kimber would be meeting him at Jim's Western Music Hall, which is like a seedy Western dive bar, essentially. Right, right. Which I, I actually kind of like the setting, but we also here get the Misfits in their, you know, pure cowboy gear. But as I said earlier, their like motif is everywhere. It's I don't know, like it's Mad Maxi, but then Stormer is again a barbarian princess. Uh, Pizzazz has, like, orange gloves and an artillery belt. Yeah. I didn't really understand what was happening with her look. Um, okay, I kind of loved her look. It was, like, purple cowboy boots, orange I loved it. Fishnet stockings and fishnet arm things, and then orange gloves over top, and, like, a purple and yellow zebra print vest. No, dude, I I liked it. I just think it's a little everywhere, especially taken side by side with all the misfits. <laughs> um, Roxy looked atrocious. Roxy looked terrible. I uh, Stormer. I did not understand Roxy's look at all. Exactly. It was it was a pastiche of nonsense. <laughs> I would say it was uh, the most wench like look of all of them. It, it was, it was, which we rarely see Roxy being the most wench-like, which is a nice change of pace. But <laughs> yeah, again, we see so. too much wench in this show anyways, so <laughs> it, it's nice that it was only one character this time around. Right, and actually, surprisingly, Jerrica did not look wench-like at all. Yeah, no wenchy vibes at Jerrica this time around, which again, I think Jerrica really does, though, kind of have two sets of looks. It's like mildly Texan because she wears like kind of those cowboy-ish shirts sometimes. Yeah. It's either mildly cowgirl or very wenchy. That's that's the, the spectrum of Jerrica fashion. For sure. Um, sometimes she hits like Middle Eastern with those like with the headscarf situation. Yeah, the headscarves, my god. Um, yeah, uh, so anyway, the Misfits and Sean are in this bar um, and everyone in the bar recognizes the Misfits and are going crazy for them. Um, and they decide to give them a little bit of a show, but not before kind of chirping the world hunger shindig and being like, you know what? Like, fuck that. Like charity starts at home, which (laughs) leads into the song. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Right. Which makes no sense, but I like it. 
charity starts at home, give me whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, it's like, give me all that money and don't give the starving children. Um, right, and, um, you know, so the song is literally called Gimme Exclamation Mark, Gimme Exclamation Mark, Gimme Exclamation Mark. And uh, as we saw in the previous song, as we'll see in the next song, I do really think this episode, like, leans in really hard into the, like, the ethos, the pathos, I don't know, other, you know, high-minded words that I don't really know the definition of, <laughs> uh, of the Misfits and Gem and the Holograms kind of, like, sound themes, because, of course, Gem and the Holograms are talking about giving back and being the best you can be to your fellow neighbor or some shit. The Misfits is all about, like, I want what I want and, like, give me all my crap. Yeah, it gets pretty tiresome. It's very it really does. Note. It really does. Um, uh, I do give a shout out due to the hair on the guy yes. who Pizzazz steals the hamburger from. He I has agree. like a a side shave, but the side shave is pink, while like the rest of his hair is like brown or something. It's the rest of his hair is red, and the pink oh. on the side of his hair matches his pink shirt. There you go. Okay, and he also has an earring. Uh, no, yeah, he looked he look great. Um, and as, again, like the name suggests, the entire song is basically just pizzazz taking things from people. Yeah. Uh, despite that, the cow people are, like, living it for it. They're, like, they love it. The cow people. <laughs> but um, Cowboys and girls. But um, Sean looks very bored and over it. And um, pizzazz is like, yo, what's your problem? Like, you used to be fun. Your mellow personality is the worst. And Sean is like, I want to leave and find Kimber, which fair do enough. Do you think, which yeah, fair enough. But also, do you think like Sean is like clean now and he's like not doing drugs and like that's from his like party boy past and Pizzazz is like, oh, you're so tame and boring now. Oh, definitely. Like, 100%, right? Pizzazz is definitely a drug addict. A hundred percent. She's always on a light form of speed. <laughs> no, for sure. Like, amphetamines, the house down, boots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Roxy's a ketamine girl. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. Or, yeah, like, definitely. just... Stormer, anything. Max smokes weed. Max. Like, I don't think Stormer does any bad shit. Oh, for sure. I agree. I think, okay, so my theory about Roxy is either she does lean, she sniffs glue... Or yeah. she, like, scrounges, like, the floors at nightclubs for, like, random packets of white powder. I would say all of the above, quite <laughs> honestly. I wouldn't put it up anything past our illiterate gem of a miscreant. <laughs> um, who didn't get enough screen time, frankly, this episode. She doesn't. She doesn't. She, she has. She's, uh, she, I don't even know if she has any lines in this episode. No, I don't um, think so. I don't think so, anyways. Anyways, so they're all driving off. Um, all the cowboys are wearing ascots, which I didn't know all cowboys did, but apparently in this in this show they do. Pizzazz <laughs> um, is, like, basically going to drive them all off a cliff because like, she's, like, bored with Sean Harrison or something. And they almost get into a crash, to which we cut to commercial. They almost... we come back... They almost crash well, into Jerrica or Gem the Holograms. So, yeah, they almost crash into the wheelbarrow of hay. The, the our holy host, the holograms, holograms. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, cut to a commercial. They come back and, like, at most a wheel falls off. Like, it kind of, like, bumps to the ground. 
and Aja's like, thank God we're alive. It's like, yeah, you barely got into an accident. <laughs> like, nothing really happened. <laughs> no. You've been, like, in far... You've been far closer to your deaths than in this moment and have rea- had, like, a much milder reaction each time. Um, so anyways, like, Kimber notices that Sean is in the car with them and apparently he was supposed to meet up with her, although, like, I forget when that meeting was supposed to happen. Anyway. Didn't they, didn't they already meet? Wasn't that the whole, like, fucking <laughs> horse ride shit? I guess they were supposed to meet again. Like, fuck, you people are needy as fuck. Like, relax. Yeah, exactly. Like, I saw you already today. Like, geez, <laughs> give me space. And Kimber is like, I'll never see Sean again. I'll never speak to him again. And, like, whatever. I don't really care. Um, yeah, it's a little much. And um, meanwhile, Rio is desperately trying to get hold of Jerrica, but can't reach her. And at the same time, Zipper is calling Eric to tell him that his plan to kill... Whoa, wait, so I think we should, like, really set the stage. Because it's not like they're both calling at the same time. It's Rio calling from a phone booth. Mm-hmm. Rio <gasps> oh, exits yes. the phone booth. And Zipper enters that same phone booth, which, I swear to God, like, I was like, oh, Rio, if you were, like, five seconds later, like, Rio would have... I mean, Zipper would have, like, assaulted you sexually. That's what would have happened <laughs> if there had been an if they had if they had locked eyes for a second, Zipper would totally do that. Um, he would. He would. He would. So, but fortunately, Zipper does not sexually assault Rio, but he does tell Eric that like his plan is like the plan failed because uh, of that whole synergy flash flood, and um, Eric's real pissed. To which Zipper replies, "Hey, mellow pops," which I really liked. <laughs> I really like uh, that too. Yeah, uh, and he's like, yo, calm down, I'm gonna handle everything back at the Astrodome. And we're like, oh right, that thing's happening tomorrow. So right. the next day. Um, um, so we cut to the next day, and Zipper is working the ticket booth, and like, there are like teenage girls being like, oh my god, I'm so excited, I can't wait, and then like, giving the money to him, and he just like, puts it into his own little suitcase. Which I like. Yeah, dude, like a fucking hustler. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> and like, in response, he's just like, yeah, whatever, whatever, kid. <laughs> yeah. Just give me the yeah, money. Yeah, your money. <laughs> uh, zips. <laughs> I love him. Although uh, I don't so like, had... I don't like that they changed his hair color. Me too, me too. It was like red before and like spiky or something? Yeah, it was blonde and spiky and his eyes were brown. Now his eyes are like super blue and large. Which is really yeah, off his, his eyes are oversized, exactly. <laughs> he has, like, a murderous stare. That's the only way to describe it. Right. So, yeah, bitches are coming in. Zipper's stealing their monies. Uh, and, like, Brit dude, Sean Harrison, is like, Yo, Kimber, can I have half a mo uh, to talk with you? Which I really <laughs> liked, because that's what he said. You know, like, half a mo, half a mo, man. Does he say half breathe. a mo? That's what I heard. That's, that's what I, that's, that's, I'm speaking my truth. He said that. You gotta stand um, in your truth, yes. Exactly. Uh, he's also looking like a like a flaming homo in whatever he's wearing. I don't remember what he's wearing, he's but I have written down wearing, he looks like a homo. I have, he looks like some super gay Elvis with a purple ascot yeah, yeah, yeah. powder blue suit. And yes, the powder blue suit yes. was just so weird. Yeah, it was a lot. So, yeah. I was not here for it. Yeah, neither was I. Actually, it looked bad. Um, not, it wasn't like the good kind of gay, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> And so they drive off, they're going to have a little chat, and this is where Gem the Holograms are being led to their room, 
which I loved. Like, it's just, like, scrabbled on a door is Gem and the Hologram. Then what I swear is an inverted pentagram. I saw that, too, um, yes. Which, like, for all the witches in the house, a, an upright pentagram is a symbol of, like, protection and good. Inverted pentagram is some, like, demon, pagan witch shit. Um, so I really like the idea of Zipper having written it on there, being like, oh, yeah, these bitches are gonna die, and he's, like, sacrificing to his sat- satanic lord. <laughs> I did not know that about an inverted pentagram. Thank you for that tidbit, Yeah, Michael. yeah, because the upright star is like a star, and then the inverted, some people, like, draw the image or, like, make the comparison. It looks like a goat. It's like an evil devil goat. Mm. And for whatever reason, like, goats are very interlinked with Satan. Mm. Yeah, I wonder why. They're not that bad. I mean, they're a little bit yeah. annoying, but, like, they're not They're anno- I think it's, bad. like, I don't know, like, the fucking face... Yeah, they, they have like horns and, like, and a beard. Teasing when you go on, yeah, exactly. They like fuck. They sinister as fuck. They fuck shamelessly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Goats. I don't know, dude. Uh, totes my goats. You know what I mean? <laughs> totes my goats. <laughs> I'm really glad it stopped being a thing people said. I know it was awful. I'm glad it it's over like too. Um. So yeah, basically that like other goon leads them into what they think is a dressing room, but ends up being a supply closet that he locks them in, hopefully until the concert is over from his perspective. Right. Uh, But, you know, the holograms being very resourceful, they kind of just escape through an air vent and they cast an illusion to make the, uh, their captors think they're still there. Right. Um, Which honestly, when he like looks through the door slat and sees them sitting there, or what he thinks is them. And he's like, that's what I like to see. Good, quiet girls. I was like, that is very creepy. That is, that was super creepy, I know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was very troublesome. Um, So they're making their way out, and um, I like how there's a little bit of exchange between Eric and Zipper, where Zipper's like, yo, dude, like, I did the job well. I better get, like, a cut of all this money that I'm stealing. And I love Eric is like, you don't get a percentage. You get a flat fee. That is how you work. <laughs> it's like, oh, Eric, even even when you're dealing with criminals, you're always at the bottom line. Right? And I just love how he's embezzling money from a, like, benefit concert. <laughs> and, yeah, it has, like, no qualms about it. It just seemed very natural. No, he just, like, really needs to get his. And he's also being paid to be the promoter. I so know, it's like, doubly greedy. <laughs> classic Eric, classic Eric. Um, um, so they have this, like, briefcase of money, and uh, Eric or Zipper, one of the two, hides it in an air duct, um, and they, like, attach the thing. And, um, I don't know, I guess, like, Jim the Holograms, they basically see this because they're you know, perusing through the air duct. And uh, the unfortunate thing is they are trapped in this duct and they can't get out. And at some point, somehow, I don't know, Zipper basically opens it for them, but they trick them with an illusion and they get the money. I don't really understand. I don't really remember the like, specifics of it. That's basically what happened. Yeah, well, like, once Eric left, Zipper came back to steal the money or steal a portion of it. And then Jem cast an illusion of a cobra sitting on top of the briefcase. Right, right, yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which scared yeah. him. And which, right, right. Which I also love that like, he runs out of the room and he comes back with a baseball bat. <laughs> and it is something like he's going to fuck up that cobra. 
Yeah, he can only really solve his problems through, like, pure brawn and right, aggression. Right. Uh, but Gem and the Holograms, they just get the, they get that, that thing of money. Then there's, like, some Scooby-Doo running around or some shit. <laughs> uh, Eric thinks that the Holograms aren't going to show up, thinking they're comfortably secured away. Um, and the, the Misfits are ready to go on. But to which, they, they say, like, you know, the closing act is coming up. And, like, Gem and the Holograms are going to be the closing act of this, like, I don't know, multi-million dollar world hunger shindig. Right, especially right. because Sally, whatever the fuck her last name is says that, like, they're a new act. Like, they're a new talent. Like, no one really right, knows yeah. who they are. Like, why would they be the closers? Yeah, especially uh, closing it with uh, fucking dud, like, share a little bit of yourself. But before we do that, we do have a little bit more running around. Eric, or not Eric, uh, Zippers look running after the holograms, and they get on some sort of, like, giant ticker thing that's counting down all the money. Uh, they do make a cool entrance. They're, like, basically, like, hey, no, we're here. Like, Synergy announces that the holograms are here. And it goes to spotlight on them on this big money counter thing. And then they kind of, like, swoop down from the top of the stage or, like, elevated on the stage to, like, the actual bottom by this, like, net of balloons. Right. Like, Pretty cool entrance. Yeah, a net of balloons. The balloons are cascading down. And on the stage, there are a bunch of, like, giant pieces of money like a giant dollar sign like giant stacks of coins like I was into it like it was confusing because yes it's a fundraiser but it also seems like you're just celebrating capitalism right celebrating wealth <laughs> right um which is something that we learned that a lot of black people don't have in this next part <laughs> right. uh because they're closer the big number is a song called Share a Little Bit of Yourself, uh, otherwise known as the White Savior Anthem, right. I want to say. Yes. Because there's a lot of def desolate Africa, a lot of emaciated black people, and a lot of white people essentially giving them the gift of sustenance. Here is where they have like a grain pouring machine and like they're pouring it grain on the desert and then like the grain machine is like climbing up a rainbow and then all of these vegetables start growing immediately. And again, I'm like, this is not how a drought works. <laughs> <laughs> it's magical, Jocelyn. They're on a fucking rainbow. <laughs> But I want to say, so, the song starts off with Jem singing, as, like, it should, but when they do that scene with the, um, the tractor seed thing, Jerrica's the one singing, and there's another, like, short part where Jerrica's singing in a music video, and oh. I'm like, oh, I don't know if we've seen that before, and, like, did they fuck up there? Yeah, that's so weird, and one other weird thing that happens is the Misfits sing the song, too, and they're not talking about, like, stealing from poor Africans, they're talking about giving, which right yeah it was a weird so like so, yeah because i was like why are you why are they splitting in gimme then i was like i realized like oh i guess they're not saying gimme or they're like i don't know it was a lot of like it, it was very confusing
misfits are pulled off the stage with a giant like hook thing, which honestly right. I kind which, of want to do to someone one day. Me too. Like life goal. Every <laughs> every show set on a stage should have one, or every like theater should have one in some sort of like emergency you know, break glass if needed kind of thing. Because you never know when you're going to need a giant shepherd staff to corral someone off a stage. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, what bothers me most about this song, though, is that everyone in the crowd goes wild. Dude, I know. It's like, <laughs> what crack are all y'all smoking? Can I have some so I can forget the last 30 seconds of my life? Because it was some real nonsense. Um, but yeah, anyway, the woman in the hot purple cowboy out- cowgirl outfit. Sue Ellen Tanner. Yeah, her, whose name, like, is not registering still and will not, um, ever register, um, like, tallies the money and she's like, oh no, you're short, um, you haven't met your goal, and Jem comes up with a suitcase and says that someone was trying to steal it, and immediately Pizzazz, like, turns to Eric and is like, oh, so I now see why you wanted to do this. <laughs> right, right. Totally throws him under the bus. To which Eric was, like, already, like, they, we learned right now, uh, they're actually not quite at the goal yet because they need, like, $290,000. There's only $250,000 in that briefcase. And Pizzazz makes that fucking comment and basically, like, sells Eric out. And Sally is like, oh, Eric, I guess you don't need your $50,000, like, marketing fee or something. To which, like, Eric, you're getting paid $50,000 for just, like, basically seems like showing up. And then you had the goal to, like, steal a quarter of a million dollars and also (laughs) kidnap a group of people? Yeah, that's greedy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In it to win it, but uh, maybe two in it. Yeah, he's, like, really into embezzling money. Like, that's his sexuality. So true, so true. Uh, an embezzle sexual. <laughs> we'll workshop it, but that's actually we'll pretty work, good. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's not bad, right? It's not bad. Embezzle. <laughs> <laughs> he's just in bed with embezzlement. Yeah, he's in bed with embezzlement. Um, you know what? Faithful listener will come back to you with the perfect title for his sexuality. Right. Don't hold us to that. It's going to take at least a few episodes. <laughs> right. Um, but with Eric, uh, with his plans foiled and the money where it really should be, Sally Brands gets to her $8 million world hunger shindig and um, they uh, save Africa, I guess. Yeah, they save Africa... World hunger is no longer a thing. White people are the best. They help everyone. Africans need help. And that's why white people are there, to help them. That's really what I took away from this episode. Um, Which, (laughs) I thought the episode was going to end there. But then we go to commercial, and thank God we return for another viewing of that fucking shitstorm. We can make a difference. Um... (laughs) So this is, I think, the first time we've seen in a Gemisode uh, where the end of the episode is not quite the end because they still have maybe like a minute and a half worth of airtime to go. So they just fill that with a song that was already in the episode. Right. And they like mildly rework the visuals. They're like... They, I, I couldn't even sit through it. I was just like, all right, bitch, it's already done. <laughs> yeah. They're like, and now for like an exclusive viewing of Gem's new music video, it's like, bitch, I've already 
seen this and heard Yeah, that this. was 15 minutes ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I was not here for it. It was not necessary. They should have just, like, spent a little bit more time writing content for the actual episode. Yeah, it was totes on Ness, soups on Profesh, uh, whatever Krenez, you know, get it together for the next time. Yeah, like, fill your 22 fucking minutes. Like, it's not that exactly, hard. Exactly, exactly. Christy does it, you could do it too, Krenez. Screen, screenez? Screenez? Krenez? I don't even know, I didn't, I forgot there was an R, or an S. There's I, an I S. <laughs> there are two S's, but. Oh it, yeah, it's two, Mary Screenez. Um, but. At any rate, um, who do we think is the baddest bitch of the episode? I mean, aside from Mary Serena's? Um, she's the biggest bitch of the episode. No, I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> yeah, and like, we'll come back to that. Um, baddest bitch of the episode. Baddest bitch of the episode. Um, I didn't get a strong showing from anyone this week, now that I kind of think about it. Yeah, no one uh, really did anything. I guess Synergy saved the day a couple of times. I suppose, but, like, what else is new? I want to, like, throw a little bit of cred to Sally Brand. She, like, you know, changes outfits for the right occasion, and, like, she used to be very wealthy. <laughs> She's very wealthy. She's a southern woman who cares about black people, which is impressive. Right, right. Um, and, and commendable. Rare, as we all know from the South. <laughs> And she can change from a cowgirl outfit to a slightly less cowgirl business outfit. Right. Quite honestly, for that alone, <laughs> she takes the episode in my books. I don't know who else you're going to give it to. Yeah, okay. So Sally Sally gets it. Sally Brand. And who is the biggest bitch? So yeah, I'm going to maybe say Mary Springer's, Um or Jem, only for the <laughs> fact that Jem, I guess, was the avatar of Mary Serena's in all of this white savior nonsense that was really at the forefront of this episode. Wow, it's so shady to give the writer of the episode the biggest bitch title. That's so shady. <laughs> it's super shady, but like again, this is a pretty problematic episode in ways we don't often see in Jem. But it was the 80s, you know? It's like... The live aid concert. We are the world. Like also, yeah, AIDS as well. People like didn't really understand the nuances of I don't know aid and race or anything. Yeah, I suppose. All right, Strunez, maybe uh, maybe get a pass on this one. Still, I don't know. We have to like give some sort of uh, reprimand to what was a lot of weird visuals and messaging this episode. Actually, you know what? I changed my mind. For the fact that they repeated we can make a difference at the end, I want to give it to Screenez. Thank you! All of that also was an affront to my sensibilities as well. Um, that was some right, lazy was... shit. A little bit. Mary Screenez. <laughs> like, I wanna, I wanna be a fan, but, um... Gotta give me more of that screen time, Screenez. Don't <laughs> fill it up. Right? Like, I don't know, give me some of your, like, screenwriting capabilities. Like, you co-created a fucking character that I've never heard of. Like, right. show me that power. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, um, yeah, I guess, well, I mean, like, I don't know who else, yeah, we would give it to other than Mary Screenez. Um, 
I mean, we could give it to Eric Raymond for stealing from a charity, but like, <laughs> but I love that. It's just the part of it. I just find it so endearing. I don't really know why. It's just so deliciously Eric, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think Mary Screenas is appropriate for biggest bitch of episode nine. Episode nine, taking the you're part of the top ten, Mary Screenas, at least for now. <laughs> you're part of a very exclusive club. Yes, a handful of big bitches uh, can really <laughs> coin the title. We'll have, a, I'm sure, we'll have an end of the season, maybe wrap up ep to really uh, nail down on the biggest of the big bitches, and then the queen of them all. Yeah, the biggest uh, bitch of the season. Yeah, That'll exactly. be a but tough we, one. It's really hard to remember what happened, like, immediately after talking about an episode. That's true. But fortunately, we're recording all of this wonderful uh, archival footage uh, that we can go back to use as reference. Right. That's not true. I try to, you know, purge this from my memory every time we're done. <laughs> uh, but with um, the two... Bitches, the baddest and the biggest, uh, awarded. We come to the close of um, yet an ep- another episode of Gem Girls. Um, you know, if you like what you heard, or even if you didn't, uh, be sure to give us them five stars uh, wherever you listen to podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is not something. <laughs> Maybe if you're not Mary Screenas, like if you're Mary Screenas, I get it. Four stars, fair. If your name is not Mary Screenas or you're not directly related, and I mean directly like brother, sister, maybe husband, uh, to Mary Screenas, you gotta get five stars. Just saying. Yeah, you're not allowed to rate below five stars. I mean, like, come on. Like, come, come on. on. It's a five star show. Get out of here. <laughs> so, uh, look into not even the, the deep, the depths of your heart. Look to the surface of your heart, because you know you want to. And yeah, those five stars. Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and then, uh, Jocelyn, where can they find us on the social medias? Right. So, on Twitter and Instagram, our handles are gemgirlspodcast, all one word. Um, and yeah, check us out. We'll be posting some hot content for ya. Some... Ooh, maybe even some of those memes everyone are talking about? Yeah, some memes, because we hear that y'all like memes on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dem kids on the internet. Dem kids. And yeah, I'm Hakuna Matitis. And I am Orifice Jones. Uh, And otherwise, until next time, stay stay outrageous. outrageous.